All right. We're back. Uh, first show since last week, the car cast. I'm Luke Buckley with Joe Marino. And apologies if I'm a little distracted for the start of the show. Uh, I'm looking across the street, and there is a guy in the parking lot of the restaurant playing with his German Shepherd. And it's barking and running all around, and they're, like, doing tricks. Now he's dancing. How about that? Now that dog has been more impressive than the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. In the last <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Not you know, the I, way that I would have anticipated starting the podcast on November 16th, 2022, if we were anticipating this a couple weeks ago. <laughs> no, I think last week I was very bullish on this team. And now I just feel really down in the dumps. Maybe it's because yeah. November as a whole has just been awful. Right. Yeah, because the Bills have been lackluster to say the least. Yeah. I'm and clamoring for a win. I, I I I You just don't know where to look. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know where to look apparently. Uh this hockey team. They're 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 doing well, I guess. There's several hockey teams, I guess, that are doing well in the area, apparently. Uh but <laughs> I, I don't know. Inside I, I, joke, people. Inside joke. It's a point viewing every every time this team plays, and routinely, I feel as though I've been slapped across the face and hoodwinked, and I'm tired and sad. The Bills don't make it any better. They've lost two in a row. Heartbreakers. Oh yeah, that's I'm, nicely. I'm so beaten down. I, I just want to win. And right now it just feels like there is no relief in sight. I can't tell you for certain the Bills are going to win this Sunday. I can't tell you for certain the Bill the Sabres are going to win on this road trip. Yeah, they played tonight against Ottawa. Yeah. I, this I, is, I, you, they got to win this game tonight. <laughs> they, they really do. I can't. They really have to win. I said they had to win yesterday, but let me tell you, if this, wing, if this losing streak falls to seven games, I think the season's done. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go to say the season's done, but it's they are they set themselves back a great deal. I don't know if they can go on a, a run to recover from this. I feel like I feel I've been fooled again. I've been fooled again, and well, we'll I, get into why they're losing <laughs> the game. But I think that everyone thought it was different this time. Including us. Yeah. You go back a couple weeks ago and listen, I think we were both extremely optimistic. Cautiously optimistic, I would even say. Should have been more cautious. Should have lived up to the Uh, name. I think we thought this was really different this time. But it looks exactly the same as it has the other. They've started well every year since 1819. Something like that. Yeah. So they've started well. And this happens every time. <laughs> I don't I don't know how this happens, especially because it's a different coach, different GM is compared compared to those other regimes, of course. But well, see, a different cast of players too, which that's what's confusing to me. I and don't want to say blame injuries, but like you put Matias Samuelson back on this team, it's not really gonna change. They're not gonna win every game when Matias Samuelson comes back. Like He's an important player to the team, but because, like, I don't know. Maybe we were just a little too high. And the vibes are dead, as far as I'm concerned. Like, the whole mood, especially with the fans right now, and even the players, I'm just really not seeing any resemblance of that hot run from the end of last season. And... You know what usually happens when a team ends the season hot. It always says, oh, that momentum is going to carry over to the next season, yada, yada, yada. And next year it'll be different. And some people bring up, beware of the teams who play well when it doesn't matter. And, you know, look at the Eastern Conference last year. The Sabres were well out of the playoff race by probably this time last year. Uh, They had no hope. So... They, I guess they were one of those teams where, hey, we got nothing to lose. 
Let's go throw it all out there. And they played well, but every team is in the same position right now, and they're all fighting for the playoffs. Well, not all of them. Some have their eyes on Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli and Matt Mitchkov already. But, yeah, it's just it's not looking good. And the thing is, I'll let you talk in a second here. Sorry for going on so long. But I have felt like they have played better in the last handful of games, even since the Vegas game, at least. Boston, I thought they outplayed Boston. They should have won that game. Uh, Keith Kincaid, their third-string goalie, for some reason, stood on his head and won them the game. Uh, I thought they outplayed Vancouver yesterday for for the most part. Uh, It wasn't a perfect game by any means, but the Sabres absolutely should have won that game, and I think they could have won that game. Uh, And it, it just sucks because... I feel like in the majority of the games in this losing streak, they have played better than their opponent and deserve to win the, the Vegas game, notwithstanding. So I guess if we were to take a cautiously optimistic, you know, the, the, our tagline there, if we were, if we were to take that approach in theory, the win should come in theory, like their young players are playing well. Their young players have been great. Uh, Quinn, Turka, Power has been fantastic. Darlene has been phenomenal. The Tage Thompson line yesterday was magical. They were great. So your best players are being your best players. And in theory, things should turn around. I don't think they are this bad. Am I wrong here? No, you know, no, I'm with you there because, you know, I don't, this going back to the beginning of your point, like, I don't even think it looks the same as other years. They're clear. They still clearly look better than other years where this has happened. It's just the thing that's so frustrating this time now is just, they aren't getting any bounces. Yeah. They aren't getting any rebounds. Uh, They can't. It's like, it's like every episode we talk about how they can't get a tape to tape pass and it's still going on. And it's just, rebounds we saw jack eichel burying rebounds in the vegas game like Mm -hmm. one after the other and these guys skinner had one go right over his stick on a wide open net against the canucks and it just happens routinely where they they can't settle down these second chances and on the power play it happens they feed it to olafson along the wall and and he can't settle the puck down and it just keeps on happening where they're they're digging themselves into a ditch and it's just the bad bounce over and over and you see the effort is clearly different. The effort's better than previous years where they've had bad starts. So that's why that's why I believe this isn't the same, uh, at least on the ice. They don't it doesn't look the same as it did uh, in previous years because there's times where they were physically dominated on the ice and weren't in games at all. Yeah. Um but the goaltending has been bad. It's like it's like it's like two uh what is it? One step forward, two steps back. Right. Yeah. Every year. Finally, you're getting goal scoring. You're getting tons of goal scoring, but your defense your defense can't make a play and your goaltending can't make a save to quite frankly save uh your life or their life, pardon the pun. But it that's just the most frustrating part. The goal post. They're hitting a million posts. Right. And it's just nothing is going their way, and it's so just uh, yeah, that's the hard. randomness aspect of the game of hockey. But the thing is, that doesn't carry over the entire season. Like stuff like that, like that eventually goes away. You're not just unlucky and miss and somehow or the third worst team in the league just because you're unlucky for the entire season. At that point, you're just not a good team. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah. Goaltending and defense has been a major point of contention, especially on Sabres Twitter. It's okay to say both are a problem. Yeah. Not a, it's not, <laughs> it's, I know Eric Comrie's new here and all, but you can say he hasn't been good. It's okay. I promise. He uh, is an AHL, a career AHL goalie regressing back to being an AHL goalie. Then your other goalie is a 42-year-old who is playing his last season. Yeah. And can't handle a huge workload. So, uh, yikes. That's all I got to say. Uh, 
when I was listening to the pregame show on GR yesterday, they were talking about Spencer Martin, who played for Vancouver yesterday, and that 2013 draft pick, third rounder, he's got the same body of work as Eric Comrie, believe it or not. Uh, they both kind of broke through last year to become fringe starting goalies, I guess you could say, which is kind of weird because Martin, I believe he's played more games than Thatcher Demko. So good for him. Uh, Thatcher Demko, if you want to come to Buffalo next year, <laughs> I would certainly welcome that. But yeah, apparently his numbers are better. Spencer Martin has better yeah. numbers, apparently. Thatcher Demko was on my fantasy team. I dropped him. Um, he, he was not very good for my squad. But anyways, uh, they definitely should have won yesterday. And uh-huh. the defense was atrocious. Uh, and that's part, we'll, t- we'll get into this now, the Owen Power and Rasmus Dallin defense pairing. Uh, I think they look good together. That's really cool and all, but uh, that works when you have four NHL defensemen behind them because I said this on Twitter yesterday. You got to play these guys 60 minutes a night if you want this to be the plan because the other two pairs, it just was not really working. Jacob Bryson was a train wreck. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was not looking very pretty. Ilya Labushkin, I don't know what happened to the guy, but ever since coming back from that injury, he's been Rasmus Ristolainen in light. Uh, Lawrence Pilot, he had a killer shot at one point. I that's all that I remember. But he he had an okay game. But I again I stand by what I said last week. I don't think he's a legitimate NHL defenseman. Uh, and Henry Okiharu, you could tell it was his first game back. So Pilot had some really horrible turnovers in the Canucks in the Canucks game. Yeah, the defense is just. There was a really bad one in its own end. And, uh, yeah, it's it's not the best uh, defensive group that we've seen on this team in recent years. <laughs> and that's, right, it just so happens the year you go into the season with two questionable goaltenders, you also uh, have a not-so-great defense to go along uh, with it. Oh, yeah. And I, I like that you mentioned this at the top here. They're scoring goals, and they're not mm-hmm. getting secondary scoring, really. It's, for the most part, the Tage Thompson line, especially yesterday. They were the only factor in the game. So, yeah, Skinner, Tuck, and Tom. Tuck, he was pretty silent for a li- this losing streak, I guess you could say, but he came, really came alive yesterday. So that was great to see. He had a great game. Skinner had a great game. And Tage Thompson just, we sound like a broken record, but he just he keeps looking like he's getting better and better. And that's fantastic to see. He looks like a legitimate NHL superstar. His shorthanded goal against Boston was something of brilliance. Uh, oh, that was. That was wow. just, you see, you see a. Six foot seven uh, freight train bearing down on you. It's going to be hard to uh, derail that that freighter, so to speak. But a brilliant move again. And man, when he wants to take over a game, he can he can just do it. He's a unicorn. He Nobody, is. there's no player in this league with, who has his size, his skating ability, his hands, his shot. Like I can't. He's still young too like what is he 24 25 he is 25 25 years old only by 17 days yeah so he's i guess you can call him a late bloomer but i think that he still has room to grow here which Mm -hmm. is the amazing part uh Mm -hmm. yeah he's been quite the revelation best part of the jack eichel trade was giving tage thompson the opportunity to be a centerman and he has blossomed into that role to say the least. Yeah. Uh, truly a, a, a revelation. We, we use that word a lot over uh, the course of uh, this podcast, but no, he has just been uh, incredible this year. Not sure. I don't have his elite prospects page in front of me, so I don't know what he is projected to have, but yeah, that, that line in general yesterday, Skinner Thompson, 
and uh, Tuck was was brilliant. They were creating chances, um, most of the chances for the Sabers, and uh, you can't rely on uh, just one line though. That's goes without saying. Um, I thought Paterka had a, a nice game again, and Cousins had a nice game too. But um, like you said, secondary scoring, this is a recurring issue too. Uh, it's going to have to rear its head eventually. Yeah, they need it. Uh, I thought I think Cousins has been really good this year. I've seen some people trash talking him on Twitter a little bit. I think he's been one of their better players. Uh, Paterka, he got throttled quite a bit in the game last night, but got hit a few times. Yeah, yeah, he. You could see the frustration building with him too. He hit a couple posts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just hope that it starts to come for this team because you can tell they're playing hard. They're trying. They're getting healthier finally. So hopefully this is just a bad little stretch here. Like one seven game. What is it? There's six games. Yeah. One six game losing streak isn't going to kill you. But when you have four six game losing streaks in a season, that's what kills you. And that's what has happened every year for the last handful of years. So, and I guess don't let it affect you. Yeah. Like if there is a silver lining, it's that all these teams other than Arizona and Vancouver have been pretty, pretty good. It's going to be one of the tougher stretches that they go through in terms of opponents for this season. Uh, When you had uh, Vegas, Carolina, Boston, Carolina, Tampa. So yeah, yeah it, it was it was a really teams. tough stretch. Yeah, they, yeah, I mean you're facing four of the best teams in the league there, and um, of course you know if you truly are a playoff contender, maybe you do win two of those. But and they should have won two of those. Tampa, they, they, they should were have. Close. Boston, they were close. Yeah, they were. They've been close in a lot of these games. Vegas is the only game that you could definitely say, okay, they really did not deserve to win that game. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm not like, oh man, the sky's falling. Um, I think there's still a little hope here. I again, I don't think they're a playoff team. My goal coming into this season was, okay, let's get into the 80 point threshold and show some promise here. So. I think they they could still be on track for that, but what happens if they don't? What I are we putting the cart above the horse in front of the horse here? But because this the last time they came into a season with expectations was uh, sixteen seventeen when Tim Murray and uh, Dad Bilesma were relieved of their duties. Now I don't think that is going to happen with one Don Granado and Kevin Adams by any means, but I wonder if say they have 68 points this year, do they decide to finally make some moves, bring some guys in and move on from the likes of like Yoki Haru, Middlestad, do they let Gergensen's walk? Does Oposo hang up the skates? So on and so forth. So I wonder if uh, if they don't meet expectations, maybe they decide to finally try and add to the group. What do you think? Yeah, um, yeah, I've been thinking this recently, but you can't just wait for all the young guys to get good and to blossom, so to speak, into productive NHLers. You need, you eventually need to go out and and throw some money at some real established players to help bring those guys along. A lot of people don't want, I think don't want to hear that. Uh, They want, you know, they might think it's unnecessary, but you can't let it carry on where you're just, you're waiting and waiting and waiting for middle stat to break out. Uh, You're waiting. If it takes Quinn three years to become a really solid player, Uh, I think cousins is getting there, but if you wait four years for Paterka to, maybe start scoring 40 goals a year. You can't do that. You can't, can't run a hockey team that way. You can't win that way. Uh, you need to go out eventually and start spending money or um, making a trade. Um, that's just something I've been thinking about lately. Uh, and like I've tempered my expectations. Um, of course, playoffs maybe were, 
they were a well to make the playoffs. It's fun to think about, but it, I, th- I think it's it was always a uh, well if they made the play if they make the playoffs, then it's going to be another oh five oh six season. That's what we're all hoping for, right? Let's let's watch this team. Let's have fun. A bunch of young guys coming together and making a surge for the playoffs. Um, so yeah, pulling back on that, but uh, at the same time, I would like to see some kind of marquee wins, if you will, and not these same old six-game losing streaks that we've seen so often. Because that, in my opinion, is growth, where you're not losing uh, 10 games in a row a couple times a season. Yeah. yeah they got to beat Ottawa tonight. They have they do. to. Um, I don't want to call it a must-win, but can't go on a seven-game losing streak. I, I think it is a must-win. I think you, <laughs> you, you have to get out of this mindset. Cause if you, if you drop seven games in a row this early, then the rest of the season is going to start looking like a real slog to these guys. And I think it might mentally uh, start to weigh on them a little bit. I just am disappointed because these injuries started to pile up on them and they did nothing. Uh, Ethan bear could have been had for pennies. He, he's good depth at the very least when all these guys And he come scores back. last night. He scored against him. Just pour salt on the wound. Uh, decent NHL defenseman on waivers. They they pass, which not a surprise. Guys who are making big money don't get claimed. So I'm not going to really fault them for that. But let's not act like they haven't had opportunities to like hmm. uh, address it. For lack of a better term. You know what? Now that you bring that up, because uh I, I I the next guy I'm gonna bring up too, I was gonna talk about anyway, but it kind of ties into this. Now that you bring that up, that's quite indicative of what the front office and how the coaching staff views this season as well. If you're trying to stay in this hunt, aren't you going out and making any move you, you oh, possibly yeah. can? And and what I wanted to bring up next was if if you're not calling up UPL within these next two weeks and say uh, your, your record drops to, to eight and 13 or something, then you need to poop or get off the pot with this guy. If you're not going to call him up now, when your goaltenders have been underperforming and you should be looking at every option possible within the organization, if not out of it to maybe salvage this thing. And I recognize we're only under 20 games into the season, but still, uh, then I don't know what you're doing with the guy. Yeah, you're absolutely You got to right. move and on from him. Go I on, recognize get... his numbers in the AHL are not good. I've been, I guess you could say I've been anti-Uko Pekalukinen for the last year or two, but you have to see what you have in this guy. Mm-hmm. You don't invest a second-round pick in someone and just don't give him a chance. Like, if you're a second-round pick, I don't care who you you're garbage bin of 2014 picks that the Sabres had like mm-hmm. Robichek and Cornell but excuse me I gotta cough for a second oh you're fine Joe is coughing water there you um, go <laughs> sorry anyways this guy they drafted him he had a pretty good pedigree I guess you could say gotta give him a chance just do it. I mean, the, every time they brought him in, he's looked okay. Like, he gets injured, but just give the guy a shot. At this I point. I don't understand. Just the the notion that, oh, bringing him up here doesn't do nothing. They're, they're, what are the Yada, yada, yada. It's garbage. I'm sorry, but I don't understand what harm is it going to take. Like you said, pooper, get off the pot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The guys, and you all know the term I want to use, but can't do it. He's 23, <laughs> 24 years old. It's time. Yeah, it's time. Let him. Let him. Let's see what you got. And I, I, I don't care what his numbers are in the AHL because every time he comes up here, he has better numbers than he had in Rochester. Right. <laughs> it's it's an he, the guy's an anomaly. Uh, and yeah. I think it was one of the the the. It might have been one of the charging Buffalo guys who said it's likely because he's playing behind an inferior decor 
in the AHL, and that's why his his numbers are worse, which is possible. Um, so I I I just don't know. I I Maybe don't know. Them related to. Yeah, correct. I I don't understand why the the hesitance to just to give him a shot um, at this point in the year. We're again. I mean, we talked about this last week on the Carcast. Thank you, everybody who who, who listened. Uh, very fun show. We talked about this. Like, while you still have a dog in the race, why not give it another bone? Right. Right. Give it a treat. Might not like the treat, but might want to try it. And I know it's unconventional, but a three-headed monster in that is not the worst idea. It's not. Uh, We keep hearing they want to keep Craig Anderson rested. And they are giving Eric Comrie the vast majority of starts. And we are seeing with our own eyes that he can't really hang. Like, he should not be getting uh, elite goaltender's workload. Like, he just should not be getting that. So it's not going to kill them if they give... Uko Pekalukinen and Eric Comrie a split, and then once in a while, Craig Anderson gets a game once every two weeks. It's not going to kill him. I would, they should just bring him up. I give it another, like you said, within the next couple of weeks, maybe they can turn it around here, but I would like to see them give him an opportunity. And if he sucks, whatever, go back down. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. But next year, if Uko Pekalukinen doesn't get a legitimate 20 games starting experience this season, you cannot go into next year with Eric Comrie and Uko Pekalukinen as your goalies. No, it's suicide. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Especially if they miss the playoffs by 20 points again this year. Something crazy. You can't. What does that say to your fans? It, <sighs> it says we don't care. Because at some point, people are already fed up. People want wins. People want them to make the playoffs. People want them to start trying to win. You can't take the slow cooker approach for this long. This year, I can tolerate it. I understand it this year. But again, next year, it's time to push your chips in. Trade for a guy. Trade for a goalie if you want to do that. Add a good defenseman. Use that cap space. Use that draft capital. It's time to stop taking a slow cooker approach. Right. You they can't just make a leap. Right. You can't just wait for these guys to come around. I mean, like like winning winning doesn't work that way. Not when you're already on a it'll be a a, a 12 year bender of not making the playoffs. Yeah. You you, you can't have you can't just sit by idly and and let it happen. Yeah, I I just don't understand. I hope that they give the guy Uko Pekalukin in a shot. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think they will though. I think it'll take an injury for him to get up here. Um but who knows? Maybe they'll bring up Malcolm Subban because he loves Buffalo so much. Who knows? Oh, maybe. Right. <laughs> uh well one there is a good thing that has come out of this season so far, Joe. You want to know what that is? What's that? I have become so fascinated with those heat maps of where teams score from and where they get scored on from. Oh, Mr. Analytics. I, yeah. I love it. I love it because it, it all makes sense. Now I'm watching. Obviously, everybody knows the Sabres score when they go to the net. They don't score on the perimeter. And guess right. what? It adds up. The maps show that. Like The, the maps are true. The maps are real. They're correct. <laughs> and I was never the, like, I, I, you know, I was never super into this uh, stuff. And uh, what, what's, what's the site? What site am I looking for here uh, that has the individual team maps? But apparently on the Evolving Hockey. Math, evolving Hockey, uh, something like that. Well, Evolving Hockey, you got to pay for everything. Yeah, every, everything you got to pay for. I'm not paying for I haven't really a map gotten of where the team's. I know, and I appreciate that these people are putting in the effort, and they 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 love the game so much. But I just want to see, right? Uh, where is Victor Olafson taking his shots from? Where is he most effective? And I can't see it. <laughs> but uh, on that right circle, 
yeah, but like like goals for and stuff. I'm so fascinated by that because the Sabers, there was that 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 graph or a chart rather, whatever it was, multiple columns and rows of during the the drought, the the goals for like up to this point, uh, throughout all eleven seasons, and the Sabers have like five more expected goals than they did at this point last year. And I'm not surprised at all by hearing that. Right. I'm not surprised either. And that's why, like, and it adds up to what you, to what, to what we're watching also, obviously. Uh, so this, it's just kind of an off topic, but like silver lining here, they're losing games that were like, Oh man, they should have won that game. It's not like, yeah. Oh God, they're getting clobbered and they're losing that big, you know? Yeah. So I guess like you take, it sucks that they're losing, but I, I don't want to be the moral victories guy, but hopefully that this turns around. And that's and why like this, it's, it, the luck narrative is true. I just hope that this turns around. It's just really hard to talk about them right now because there's things that are bad and there's things that are just going against them. And I think, I think when you have things that need to be improved, that is a very bad thing to mix with luck. Cause if you don't get good luck, you're not going to have any luck at all. I think when, when you have a team that's constructed this way and with a defense that's playing this way and goaltending that's playing this way. Uh, and just a host of other factors. I mean, they're struggling on faceoffs also, which is big. Uh, you see, especially on power plays, where the the power play is still struggling. But it would help if they could establish that first possession every now and then. But it, that's not going their way either. Yeah, I think their power play has been looking a little better. They didn't get the results yesterday, which I think that would have. Probably give them the win, honestly, if they would have capitalized on a couple of those power plays against the worst penalty killing team in the league in Vancouver. Went, what one for five or one for four, maybe? Oh, I think, I think did they get a power play goal? Okay, I thought. Oh uh, no! You want Middlestat scored right after when expired? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a nice so. shot by Middlestat. Middlestat's been he was he's been I'm, I don't want to call it a heater, but yeah, he's been fine. He's uh, been one of their better players of late, uh, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, out of all of like the secondary group i guess you could say he's been blossoming which is great i obviously if casey middlestack continues to improve that's found money you can call it Mm -hmm. Uh, i want to talk about peyton krebs yeah uh excuse me he has been the most disappointing saber this year in my opinion i don't know about you but i was hoping for a pretty big jump out of him. I'm not by any means saying I'm giving up on the guy, but I just no, don't I'm know with you. where I stand with him. I don't know. Cause Quinn, I think he's a part of the solution. Paterka, I think he's a part of the solution. I don't know if I'm ready to stick my flag in the ground and say, Peyton Krebs will be here in three years or four years. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm with you. He's out of place. He looks out of place. Yeah, and it's just I I don't know what he does. I can't point out a single good play he's made this year. I thought he made a couple good passes towards the beginning of the Canucks game yesterday, which you would watch him in Rochester last year. He would be he looked like an elite passer, but I don't know what it is when he and there were glimpses of that too. Level, yeah, and even last year, some glimpses bright spots in the NHL last year, but you were just really not seeing that in this in the early stages of the season. So I don't know if they need to like send him to Rochester, get his confidence up, something like that. But uh, it's just, it's not really looking good for him. So I, I, again, I don't know where I stand with him. Is he a trade ship? I think this is a pretty big year for him. This is the, because as we referenced uh, a few minutes ago, maybe they're going to want to make a trade. Who who are the assets that you're going to use in said trade? Is Peyton Krabs a trade asset, or is he a part of the solution? Because there are going to be some prospects here. Because if you think about it, 
a lot of the guys that are on this team right now, they're young, and you can make a case that they can be here for a long time. Now let's also take a second and look in Rochester and look in Sweden and college hockey. All the guys who we can say, oh, they're probably going to be on this team. Not all of them can be on this team. So that's another reason I say you got third draft picks in a three-year span. Let's use some of those and go get, I don't know, a guy like Timo Meyer or a good young player you can put in this in that group and become a better team. Yeah. Well, hey, we 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 uh we had talked about this before the season began of who's gonna come out of the lineup. Who do you see coming out of the lineup when someone has to go in or one of these one of these youngsters has to go in and uh, take over a spot? And I think it's becoming clearer as the season goes on. Yeah, and Quinn, I, as far as I'm concerned, he should be in that lineup every night. He's injured now, but he to me he's earned a spot for sure. And Hinnestroza, he plays for the most part. He had kind of a rough game yesterday, but for the most part, Hinnestroza has been good for the Sabers. I think it would not hurt to send Peyton Krebs to Rochester for a little bit. Wouldn't hurt, Just right? For a little bit. And if you want to piece some uh, wins together, then I think that might be the uh, the best move, getting the uh, getting the most effective um, players in the lineup. But again, I, I don't know what this team's designs are for this season. What exactly that it is that they're they're trying to do um, if they if they care about getting wins now or if they want to keep guys like Krebs in the lineup and see exactly uh, what it is that they bring. Yeah, Over that's, an extended a, period that's of time. an interesting question to ponder. What is the goal for this season? Because I mm-hmm. certainly don't think Kevin Adams and Jason Carmanos and company are saying, okay, we got to make the playoffs. I, I don't think that's their goal. I think it'd be nice. I think they'd be happy if they made the playoffs. But I don't think that Kevin Adams walked into the office on September 1st and said, okay, we're making the playoffs this year. It's happening. Right. So maybe that's a next year conversation, but I think it, they're all about development. They want to see what these kids can do. And they probably want to, similar to the Peyton Krebs discussion we just had, they want to decide who is a part of the solution long-term. Mm-hmm. I think this is a big year for Casey Middlestat. This is a big year for Henry Oki Haru. Uh, it's a pretty big year for Eric Comrie. It's a gigantic year for Uko Pekalukinen. Uh, Peyton Krebs, pretty big year. Mm-hmm. And I think besides that, everyone who, like the top line guys, they're we know what they are. We know they're parts of the solution. Paterka is a part of the solution. Quinn looks like he's going to be a part of the solution. Cousins, I think, is a part of the solution. Darlene and Power, obviously part of the solution. They committed to Matias right. Danielson. Uh, I think those tweener guys is it's a big evaluation year of those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, still a lot to be seen. I think uh, I, it, you know, it's hard to still not look forward um, to the games, right? I'm still looking forward to the Sanders game tonight uh, just to see maybe if anything, if anything changed in the last 24 hours. Hopefully they still have some uh, some jump to their game. Uh, I know they had a they had to travel to Ottawa uh, sometime overnight, I presume. But uh, no, hopefully they can still put it together. Absolutely. Uh, I lost my train of thought. I was going to say something I don't remember. We did have a question. Oh, okay. A question from longtime listener of the show, Mike. Yes. The question for the cast, if the Sabres fail to climb the standings, and this is a ways out, but do you see any players out at the trade deadline and any targets you'd like to see the Sabres target? Again, way too early, but just a thought. Oh, oh man. I would like to see them make an addition. Mm-hmm. Can, I, can I tell you who it's going to be? I don't know. Uh, I would like to see them add like a good young defenseman who can play defense 
who would be a good compliment for Owen Power. Uh, that's what I would like to see. Uh, if they are clear sellers, I think they might go to a guy like Gergensen's and be like, hey, do you want to go chase a cup? Do you want to go to a playoff team? Because, mm-hmm. you know, Gergensen's loves it here. I wouldn't be surprised if they try and re-sign him. That's a guy who I think a, team, a playoff team would want a good defensive player like that, and he would be a guy that you see the TSN trade bait board, and you're like, what? Because I'm guess Gergensen's is number four on the trade bait board. What's this? Yeah. Uh, and then they get like a second round pick for him. We're like, wow, good trade. Uh, I could see that happening, but it might be like a Brian Gianta situation where they go to him and Craig Anderson last year too, where they go to him and be like, hey, do you want to move? Or do you want to stay? And they'll try and do right by the player because that's right. the kind of culture they're trying to build here where guys around the league will say, oh, they they do well by their players. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, tr- they're still trying to foster some goodwill here after the whole Eichel debacle last year. So I, I know that they're definitely looking out for that. Right. But otherwise, I see it being a pretty quiet trade deadline yeah i'm with you too because you know a, a lot of the guys that we didn't see really any movement last year at the deadline there was no movement either. last year at the deadline so we'll probably be talking again about does does Vinny hanastroza move does Emgis gergensen's move and it's probably not going to happen i would i'm with you though i would like to see an addition made um if anything uh, but of course that's a long way off, but yeah. And I don't uh, think it's going to be like, remember when they trade for Wayne Simmons for some yeah. reason in uh, 2020, it's going to be, they bring in a guy who's young. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. They're not going to bring in a rental. I just don't see that happening at this stage. And we are early. Who knows? Maybe they go on and win 15 of their next 20 games. And all of a sudden they're like, Oh, maybe we do go reward this group, but I doubt it. Uh, but that's where, that's where I stand as far as trades are concerned. I, I don't think as, as, as we were just talking about, I don't think that they really care about winning this year. And they, I, as we said earlier, they saw all these defensemen go down three of their top six D go down and they did nothing. Right. Like, okay. We'll promote from within Kale Clegg. You got this quietly joining the Bedard race, I think, without being so obvious about it. And, you know, if they... I don't want to make it sound like I'm encouraging that they suck this year, but if they get Connor Bedard, I think that we're going to forget about how painful this year was. Right? Yeah. Okay, maybe they're the eighth, seventh worst team in the league. It's a perceived step back. But there's individual growth from the guys that matter. Uh, like we mentioned, you see who belongs. You see who you don't want to go forward with. They trade those guys away. They add. They draft th- third over. No, they draft first overall. They got Connor Bedard. You have your number one center. You have your top two centers locked up for the foreseeable future. Connor Bedard and Tage Thompson. Dylan Cousins is your third line center. And just it's all starting to work out now. You got yeah, something like that. that, and all of a sudden things are looking great. So if that ta- if that happens, so be it. This is the best by far the best draft since 2015, and it might even be better than 2015. We'll see, but it it's shaping up to be great. Um, we'll see, but. There, there are silver linings to be had, whether they pick first or they pick 12th. I think right. you can find silver linings anywhere. Not enough positivity around these parts. We need more, even if it's manufactured. Right. Uh, let's take <laughs> a look at their upcoming schedule and preview yeah. that really quick. And it is your time, your turn for guy of the week as well. Oh, I have him ready. He is waiting. He is behind the curtain. He's ready to come out. All right. Yeah, Trust we'll me there. For a little bit, we'll take a look at 
their next week or so of games. Also, phenomenal consistency by us. Uh, <laughs> ever since the season started, yes. this has been the most consistent we have been. Also, tonight is a TNT game. Did not oh, know it is? until now. It is on TNT. Oh, so boy. Cool. Sabres get the national stage against Ottawa. That's a very odd TNT. Yeah, game. that's... So is that a seven thirty start? Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Well, pretty pretty mixed bag of games for the Sabres as far as difficulty goes. Ottawa tonight, Saturday they got Toronto, Montreal again on Tuesday, and the struggling St. Louis Blues next Wednesday, and they got the raging New Jersey Devils for an eight o'clock faceoff at home next Friday, and then they got Tampa again, Detroit, and Colorado to start the month of December. So, and they also have San Jose, then Columbus, Pittsburgh a couple times. So there's room to get out of this funk, I guess you can say. I I don't know if it is TNT. I'm looking at the guide right now really? on my phone, I, and I it says up, uh, the NHL app, and it says TNT. Really, it says uh St. Louis and Chicago at seven thirty on TNT for me. Really, yeah. Oh, it was a glitch. Okay. My apologies. There was a glitch. Because I know there are some times when MSG says... now. For, okay. Forget what I just said. There we go. That would have yeah, been... I was a, thinking, uh... like, why are they putting Buffalo and Ottawa on TNT? Yeah, that is oh, not like, a sexy game, game at all. <laughs> right. Yeah, so you will hear Dan Dunleavy's golden voice on the radio and television waves tonight. Yes. All right. Uh, yeah, so there's opportunity to get out of this. Hopefully they don't dig themselves deeper in this hole. But without further ado, the guy of the week. The guy of the week, and I had mentioned him too. I didn't say his name, but I've had this in the bag for two weeks now. Uh, former longtime Florida Panther. 611 games played over 16 years. So you do the math how many games per year that is. 611 over 16 years. So he, yeah. he's like barely playing. Yeah, I don't see the guy. This, this is not a legend. This is a guy. He averaged 11 minutes on ice over his career. Uh, 51 goals scored, 74 assists. A career minus seven. It doesn't get much more mediocre than this. I have no idea. Is, he is, is a, a center. A, a full-time Florida Panther for 16 not, years? Not full-time. Not full-time. He went from Atlanta. Uh, didn't play a lot of games in Atlanta. To Columbus. Then to Florida. Played the final few years. Final five years of his career with Florida. He was their captain. Captain? Derek McKenzie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I remember... Watching the playoff series versus the Islanders. And it, it, it might have been the, was it game seven where I think the Islanders might have won in overtime. Uh, and, and Roberto Luongo was the Panthers goalie. And Derek McKenzie popped up and he has, and he was the captain. I remember thinking to myself, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> I never heard his name before. And as it turns out, he's pretty much. Uh, what does it say here? Let me let me check. But I do have his hockey reference uh, page pulled up. Uh, where is it? Other 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 standard. Um, yeah, he's played a lot of games in the AHL. Also, um, a lot so much so that I can't do the number off the top of my head, but. Longtime AHLer until he was 28, and then he carved out a nice career starting in uh, 2010-11, where he pretty much was a full-time NHLer. Mm. And um, this is he, this Derek McKenzie. When I think of this concept, he's up there as a model guy. He is a Hall of Famer guy of the week. I think compared to the other guys of the week. Uh, he is the best guy of the week. Yeah, Derek McKenzie is a guy. Like, <laughs> I think just, if you're that's... an NHL captain, are you considered just to be a guy? Well, 
I think so because he's probably he's just a locker room dude. He was a veteran who at that time, let's see, that was 15, 16. He was 34 years old. He had clearly been around the block. He'd been playing since 01, 02. Wow. So I think, especially for a team like the Panthers that year, who I think they had Yager. I don't know if you'd put the captaincy on him exactly, but he was a veteran player. I think he was... They also had Brian Campbell, but one of the oldest players, I guess you could say one of the sturdiest players, perhaps. Uh Willie Mitchell is actually the uh the captain that year. Maybe, maybe he wasn't maybe he maybe I'm imagining that there. Let me just double check my work there, because yeah, he he was he was captain. Um might have been after that playoff season, actually. Yeah, yeah, he became captain in 1617. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose it does happen. Not very often just the guy gets the, the C, but good for him. No, no, just he is a guy. Just That's all I can say about him. All right. Well, I got to think of something good for next week when. <laughs> How can you top Derek McKenzie? Yeah, I don't think I can top Derek McKenzie. I'll have this to is pull the... out my Rolodex of information here. We'll see it. This is the one uh, time where you can say you can't get much better than Derek McKenzie. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, do you have anything else? Oh, let's give a prediction for the game tonight because I, I right. bet um, the majority of people will be listening to this after the Sabres-Senators game. So uh, I'm going to say the Sabres pull out like a squeaky 3-1 to one win tonight. Okay. Uh, because I spent the whole time ragging on the Sabres, I feel like I got to pick against them. So I'm going to go four, three senators, four, three senators. I'd be a hypocrite if I did otherwise. All right. So hopefully I'm right. Yes. I hope so too, but. Oh Lord. What do you think? What do you think? Hopefully it's not a doom and gloom episode next week, but anyways, we appreciate y'all for listening. Subscribe to the podcast. We greatly appreciate that. Leave us a review if you're so kind. Excuse me, I had to mute myself for a second. Uh, if you're still listening at this point, uh, you're probably a long-time listener, so we really appreciate you. If it's your first time listening, we appreciate you just as much as the long-timers. Of course. Uh, you know where we are on Twitter. I'm Joe Marino, TCB, Luke's LVKETCB. Follow the Charging Buffalo on Twitter and Instagram. Follow our podcast as well on twitter at co underscore tcb underscore pod and as always we appreciate you all for listening and we will see you next week to recap saber senators and the other handful of games and the other happenings around the league